Hi, welcome to Nectar's Conversations. And today I'm really thrilled and delighted to talk to the lovely Erin Rose Ward. Um, Erin was introduced to me by our friend Devin Walker about it. Is it six months ago, I think, or I don't even know anymore. Time has been compressed or expend, expanding the last few years, but it's been a little while, um, less than a year. And um, I'm delighted to have her on the podcast today because Erin, I call her a wise heart. Um, and she has a way with words and a way to express um, uh, emotions and insights and wisdom in a way that's pretty rare. And uh, I really connected right away with, uh, with that piece of her and also her integrity and the way she holds space and the way she um, conducts herself in the highest of integrity. Um, and I'm delighted to have her today. And welcome, Erin. Welcome to the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so happy to be there with you. So happy to be here. Wow, what a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Thank you. And and Erin is a, um, she has many strings on her bow and some of them are yoga teaching, uh, meditation, uh, movement, embodiment. Uh, She's a psychedelic integration and preparation guide on Nectara. Um, And she's also part of this thing called a class, which I have some curiosity around. Um, Mm. But what do you do in the world, Erin, aside from all those wonderful things? Yeah. Oh, this is one of my favorite questions um, because over the last decade, there's been so many iterations of the answer. Uh, what I've come to now, the way I describe it is my work is to support beings in, in coming into uh, the space of the heart mm-hmm. through various methods and, and techniques that uh tend to center around embodiment. So I facilitate spaces of movement, of meditation, of breath work, of uh, one-on-one space for, for dialoguing and exploring uh, via the kind of uh, awareness, uh, expanding awareness through, through conversation, through dyadic work. Mm-hmm. Um, I facilitate circles, women's circles, um, and so really it's what I've discovered is that there's so many doors to the same room and Mm. I really enjoy learning about those doors and, and trying them on and, uh, gaining the ones that resonate, um, exploring the ways in which I can bring other beings through those doors and the, the room that I feel, um, we are entering is is the room of of spirit the room of love the room of god the room of consciousness the room without with a thousand names and no names um so yeah i'm a i'm a traveler through doors <laughs> you're a door person that's great that's beautiful yeah, yeah. i've never i've never heard it being said that way but it's that is beautiful all the different modalities out there all the different um techniques and, and, and spaces that people are creating, they're all doors to the same kind of room. Uh, my friend David uh, was also a Nectar guide. He, he always tells me that ultimately what everyone wants to do is like, th- you know, dissolve back into the, the ether, dissolve back into God consciousness. And um, 
it's not always clear for everyone that that's like what they're looking for. And there's so much immediacy in like our real life stuff that uh, ultimately that goal can feel very distant or, or, you know, doesn't quite fit at the present moment, but ultimately there's some truth to that, I think. Um, And as a door person, initially you didn't have any doors. (laughs) Um, So how did you enter your first door? Like how did you start your journey towards, um, embodiment and, and joy and, mm. and, and, and love really, uh, how did you start your journey? Yeah. Well, it's, I, I really appreciate what you said. Our, our human stuff kind of gets, it creates the, um, the layering of, of needing to, to utilize doors because with, if we didn't have the human bit, <laughs> we would just be floating in the room without walls all the time. So I've also come to this deep appreciation for the, the, the teaching that is being a human. Um, and my journey really started with that, uh, being a, being a woman, um, being in a, a female body, being a young woman going to a big city and, uh, having a lot of, um, ideas and self expectations about what I should be and what I should be achieving, what my body should look like, um, what I should be able to control. And I was in New York city. Uh, I was 18 and I felt my being under this immense amount of pressure that had motivated me for most of my life. Like I was able to use it as a way to excel in many areas um, and be validated in my, in my being through that, through sports and academics and social circles and, and those, those ways that I was told like, you're doing great. And then I got to New York city and it was like, whoa, that's not here anymore. And my understanding of who I am isn't here. So I, my way of coping was I developed a, a pretty intense, um, I asked my body to go through a lot, through an eating disorder. My, my love of embodiment and movement uh, became a, went from a tool to a weapon and I weaponized it against myself. So I would um, spend hours and hours uh, asking my body to be in intense movement an intense activity as a way to uh, feel like I was in some sort of control and that the the power I was searching for reclaiming was, uh, was available to me in those moments. Um, and I look back on that time with more and more, the more I learn, the more I come into knowing of, of who I am, the more I'm, I have a lot of reverence for that time and also what my how my body responded because my body said okay you want to do this I'll do it because I I'm gonna I'm here for you um, and that so I, I was on this path of destruction I, I hit it quite well for a couple of years until I didn't until it was very clear that I was kind of disappearing um, I was still achieving, but high, high achieving with this hidden, hidden darkness that was growing and growing. 
um, and desiring, ultimately I was desiring for someone to, to say, are you okay? Can I help? You know, can I, I was desiring for an inner, an interjection, but I wasn't going to surrender to that until it was right in front of me. And it came in the form of a beloved friend in New York, in a New York city, Avenue, 11th, 11th street and Avenue C apartment or a little two bedroom. Um, we were at NYU and, uh, one morning she just was like, look, I need to talk to you. You're becoming a ghost and you're disappearing. And I think you need help and I love you. And it was, it was what I, it was so simple and it was very strong of her. And it was, um, it was my door to therapy and my door to yoga and my door to meditation. And so when I was, um, when I, that it was that, that brought me to the space of one-on-one -on -one therapy, group therapy. It was, um, I went to a, my first yoga class. I cried the whole time because it was the first time I felt safe in my body. And I was able to really utilize those spaces to begin my healing journey. Um, and the more that I experienced the benefit, especially of the yogic space, and that as it, as it happens, <laughs> that led me to meditation, that led me to breath work, that led me to uh, spiritual texts, that led me to teachers, um, the more I recognize I'm, I want to do this in the world. I want to, I want to be one who supports the alleviation of, um, suffering or at least makes the symptoms optional. Um, so as soon as I graduated from New York university to the chagrin of my father, who was really excited that I was, uh, at the time was like successful. She's going to get a great job in marketing or, you know, finance or whatever. It's like, great dad. Thank you. I'm going to yoga school. And at the time he was like, <laughs> first you're a vegetarian and now you're going to yoga school. And now we're, I can say now we're in this place where he's come on many of my retreats and um, we get to talk about the universe and the heart. So, but yeah, that that was my uh, that was my journey into these this world of of doors and possibilities and uh, realities that are are different from those that we're we're maybe conditioned to mm -hmm. uh, to see. Um, and it's yeah, been on been on this journey ever since, and m more more of a student at this point in my life than ever. So mm -hmm. I'm very humbled by this, by all the doors. Yeah, beautiful. So much blessings to your friend for speaking that truth <laughs> at a time where you needed it the most. Like that's, that's what we call a very much um, impactful action is a one degree shift. It's someone saying it's a little something and all of a sudden your life has changed from that. So um, yes, yeah, welcome all of us to like, shared was one degree shifts with people whenever we can because it really does change people's world and sometimes we don't see it but it's very powerful yeah very powerful to share those yeah. things with friends that we love 
Um, and as someone who turned vegetarian when I was 16, which was 25 years ago, <laughs> I was also the person in the family like, well, you're vegetarian? Like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that was a precursor to like me opening more doors. But um, yeah, that was an interesting time in my life too as well. Um, mm. I, you mentioned um, your dad and how the relationship got transmuted over time. And I find that so beautiful that you've, you know, rekindled that through your opening of doors and how it's probably changed him as well. I find that very beautiful. Mm, thank you. Mm. Yeah. It's one of the most uh, humbling and um, something that brings me so much gratitude and, and joy to experience, to look back and see the, the versions of our relationship and watching it continue to deepen and we just got back from a trip to peru together um which was his first time to a a land with that much potency of its own and exploring mm -hmm. indigenous wisdom um so yeah blessings blessings to to the way we teach each other mm -hmm. for sure yeah. yeah teachers are um an important part of your journey and uh, curious to hear more about along this journey of opening doors and exploring the different ones available to you like who were some of your teachers and how did they support your path like what what did you learn from them along the way like what are some key ones that you could share with us yeah well i, I feel very blessed that you said i i call it a wise heart because um that that's the title of a book by one of my first teachers that i um that I still study with from really from afar. I've been in person maybe twice, and that's uh, Jack Cornfield, who I, I know is it holds that that mantle for many beings. Um, him along with Tara Brock are two uh, beings that I during that that time that particular time in the cave for me. Uh, they were a huge part of, of my coming into my heart and, and seeing through eyes that were kind and compassionate for myself first and then for the world. Mm -hmm. um, they both taught me in their own ways uh, about how meditation is, is not some big, big thing that we have to you know, really train and understand and, and, and be really good at. They taught me about how it's really about presence and widening our capacity to remain in center when there's a lot of uh, reasons to be knocked around. Um, so those are two of my teachers that I would kind of, uh, I say, I, I study with from afar and I, I, I hope one day, I haven't been in Tara's presence, but I, I, I know that's coming. Um, so there's been, there's the teachers that have been mostly, that I've studied with from afar, whether it's in their writing or their, their videos or um, in that regard. And then I'd say my my longest teacher that I've worked with is a, is a man by the name of Kevin Courtney, who, who lives in New York at the moment. And our relationship is one of, um, he's a, he's a teacher, he's a mentor, he's a friend, he's a brother. Uh, we can sit and talk about everything. Um, 
there I have both a reverence for him and a deep respect for his humanity. I've seen I've seen both his 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 way that he holds space like no one else I've been in the room with and also his the way his he's he's a human. And um, I, I name this because I, I, I've experienced in our relationship something that's been profound for me, which is that a true, a true teacher to me is someone who sits in the circle. They're not on a pedestal. They're not saying, like, I'm up here, even if they're on a stage so that they can be heard. It's not like I have this information and all of you are here to receive it from me. It's more like, we're in this moment together and there's some things that can be supportive for all of us that I'd like to offer forward. And I can do them in a way that I've practiced and in a way that I've studied and in a way that I, I'm devoted to so that it can be of service to all of us, not just for me being teacher. And he really lives that. Um, and because he lives that and because I've spent study with him and time with him and that that way of facilitation really speaks to me um i i've gotten to experience that that frame being what, what i like to bring to a to a space um so i really honor kevin uh I, I bow to his his way and um it's funny because he would he would be the first one to be like you bow to me, I bow to you. Like we're all we're all in this together. Uh, I have another teacher, Tracy Stanley, that I work with in the yoga nidra space. Um, she has a representation of the feminine to me that is both strong and mysterious and soft and kind and compassionate and very direct. So she's someone I study with closely as well. Uh, and then recently what's emerged for me and and i'm sure we'll, we'll speak more to this uh scarlet heart aspect and my my embodiment offering that's that's starting to come through me um it, two teachers amber ryan and kate shella are uh, both based in the u.s and are created a method called the 360 emergence which is um this way of utilizing dance as a as a modality to expand our being in every direction so it's it's very inclusive it's it's let's let's go into the light and the yang and the the, the let's let's go into fire and let's go into the dark and the shadow and the mystery and the the yin and the lunar and the way that dance allows us to do that fluidly and rhythmically so I've been studying with them for the past few years, and I'm, I'm in a more intense study with them now. Uh, and I'm really excited to um, to see what happens when I, I, I continue this. Let me put all these different doors together and see how they play, and then what the... <laughs> I just see this ornate, beautiful scarlet with a scarlet border and light and crystals and sounds coming from it but this this door that maybe will be the door that i i really focus on offering uh i think it is is coming through mm -hmm. which is really exciting yeah beautiful i find that for myself and for others that i've talked to before often we 
go through the doors that were the most supportive for our shadows and supportive of our own history and the things that were kind of holding us back. We kind of found the medicine that we were looking for through the exploration of these things and um, tend to maybe fall in love with the ones that supported us the most. Um, yes. And when you talked about Kevin, it, it's really spoke to me because um, on my first journey, like the biggest medicine I received, of course, it was the experience, but it was really the morning after when I woke up and I looked into someone's eye and I realized just how connected and how much of a shared humanity we all have together. And to me, that was deeply healing because my thing was just social anxiety, depression, just really being having a lot of issues of people basically <laughs> from childhood trauma. Um, and it was that connection of like, wow, we're so much more similar than I ever thought. And like, we're so connected and like, what can we do when we work together to create something? Um, then the limits go away and the barriers go down and you can start fully showing up as yourself. So um, I really resonate with people that hold space like that as well as, um, you know, from a very, you'd like to say the word human. I really like that from a very human, humble, generous way. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a great teacher to have in your life. Um, going back to your first foray into the, maybe the plant medicine world, I'd be curious to hear like, what were your, some of the first, um, early breakthrough insights that you received from your exploration in that world. I'd be curious to hear that. For sure. Um, well, I'd actually like to start with my most recent um, experience because it feels really po pertinent to this conversation. Um, the last time I sat with grandmother was actually a few weeks ago in early, yeah, earlier this month. And um, the big message I received over the three journeys was uh, everything you need is in your body. And the call was, I'm, I'm here, I'm an ally, this medicine is strong. This medicine is, is, is something that is um, powerful. And you, her, her call was, was keep, keep going in to, to, to continue your journey. It was almost like, I love you, I've got you, I'm in you. You, you don't need to keep coming back to this, to this door, you know, you, like take a pause and, and now be in the practice of being in your body and harvesting that information, develop a, a deeper capacity to listen. And that was really important for me to hear. Um, and really, a really hard, it was probably the hardest journey I've, I've had because it was so physical and, um, but the lessons were were potent and in the way these, these medicines work, we get, we get what we need. Uh, so being in the body, I feel like as, as a collective, we, we have a choice to escape this really intense reality and kind of go up and out, which, which is available to us through, through, especially through psychedelics and through these plant allies, we can utilize them as, as a me, as a vehicle for, for escaping. And I think it's super valuable to escape this reality, to go into other ways of seeing, to go to go into the space they offer, to go into other realms and and be there and, and harvest what we need to see. And then as we talked about with Nectara, like the work then really becomes integration. Um, so 
that feels like a, a, a piece uh, that grandmother really showed me that I, I, I really want to, um, when my friends talk to me or when my community or my clients talk to me about their plant medicine journeys, you know, it's really important to me that we first be like, yes, these, these medicines are strong and we, we want to we wanna remember that they are precious. They are resources. They are, um, they are not just for to, to be utilized as we, we desire, but uh, also to remember that what, what we're looking for is, is right here. Um, that, was, that, that was a big one that, that's with me that I'm integrating now. Um, when I first came to uh, well, grandmother ayahuasca is the, the medicine along with psilocybin that I've been working with and, and Santa Maria, which is how I refer to cannabis. Um, it feels a little bit more sacred. Um, when I first sat with grandmother, what I received was an understanding of I received a reverence for the mind, for the the scaffolding of the mind, for what it is as a tool, as something our species is, is so blessed with, and um, what we get to create, what we get to dream through is is uh, thus far has been primarily through our through our minds, and so I saw that, and then juxtaposed to that was presented oneness, unity, uh, God consciousness, God time, the interconnectedness, but not even the interconnectedness, what, what that interconnectedness is (laughs) behind that. So, and there was this way very clearly that it was like that thing, which you can't really describe, doesn't fit into the, the, thing that is your mind so this is what faith is this is what trust is this is what feeling gets to do is is you get to experience this thing not in totality because we're not um, we're not designed to do that but you do get to experience it in your being and can you allow the mind to bow to what it's not designed to fully comprehend and instead of trying to confine it with your language and your this is what it is and this is the this is the way and these are the names and this is what i have to call it can you honor that you don't know and that you get to hold out your palms and and there was something like this is what grace is (laughs) it's that space of i i don't know and thank you and my mind doesn't have to know. So that, that, yeah, my mind got a, got a little, uh, a little check through the, through that, um, experience. That's beautiful. Yeah, I connect so much with the both parts, especially the first one, because, um, and that's present in the, the space overall. It's just like, there's a lot of chasing of healing and like, peak experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And not a lot of deep, deep integration and um, really taking, picking your spots, really. And there's so many people in, in um, the psychedelic community that tend to kind of go from one ceremony to another. 
Um, and in one of my ayahuasca ceremonies, I was, my intention was pretty lofty. I was like trying to connect with the celestial and open up the gates to whatever. Yeah. And I was like really speaking that in the space um, and really being like, you know, really strong on that. And then the, the, the fetter got passed to the, the practitioner who was a really close friend of ours. And she kind of talked about going through the purgatory or, you know, going through kind of like the dark stuff before achieving kind of the access to the celestial worlds and, you know, the, those universes you talked about. And then she looked straight at me and I was like, oh, no, I've been found because I've never I at that point I had never gone to like the darkest, deepest parts of, of me. And so I felt like, you know, running out of the door. <laughs> I was like, OK, tonight's going to be a very uh, strong, you know, challenging experience, uh, which it was. And like, you know, long story short, it was the message was uh, sit down and integrate. It was like, you're going too fast. You've done too many ceremonies. You've not integrated even your yes. first one. And uh, I basically lost consciousness mm. in the space and I started shouting and howling and flipping around. And it was a very somatic release. Mm. Uh, I think of just years of yeah. like holding it in my body, which refers to your second point. It was like I was holding all this stuff in my physiology and I had never been able to express it into the world. And um, so I did get a glimpse of the celestial and then I passed out. <laughs> it was kind of, it was the perfect yeah. message. And, <laughs> When people, I woke up in the morning, like, yeah. so what was that all about? I was like, you know what? I don't know. It was just like, you know, I needed a bit of time to process the message, which was just take your time, take more. So now I just do one or two <laughs> ceremonies a year at most. And I yes. treat them with like deep reverence because this is my time to check in. It's my time to process what I've been working on. It's my time to, um, to maybe learn new things that then I can take into the real world and apply it every day. Um, and that's a philosophy that's been deeply nourishing for me. So when you say like everything is in your body, bring it back to yourself. It reminds me of uh, a beautiful indigenous elder here, uh, Duncan Grady. He always says like, it's all within your lodge, like come back in your lodge and that's been a deep truth for me this year just like like yourself like walking that path of like everything is actually here like how do i connect with that resource and really embody those teachings that i've been blessed and privileged to receive through these experiences and now it's time to really embody them in my physiology and my actions um so thanks for sharing that it's really connected with my own path so thanks for sharing that um through those experiences and through those insights, um, what have what has been guiding principles for you um, along the way, and maybe even what's present for you after this this new ceremony that you've had? Like, what are guiding principles that guide your life? Like, is there any philosophies that you come back to all the time to help guide you along the way? Yeah, yeah. Um, there has been something that's become a bit clearer, and perhaps I can share. I'll, I'll share a little bit about what this Scarlet Heart has been, because that has become a. The Scarlet Heart was first introduced to me in a meditation where I just felt this 
thing that had like a red pulse, red scarlet experience in my chest. And I was like, oh, heart, great. And then I went through a different, a few ceremonies. My first journey that I saw my mind, I also saw this red scarlet heart capacity in other beings uh, in my waking state. Then I did a longer pranayama retreat with Kevin and it came through very strongly, actually in an animated form, which had never happened to me outside of psychedelic space. And um, also in, in direct messaging of like, this is what, what this is. And, and then through multiple dreams, other ceremonies, other uh, kind of symbolic moments of, of seeing like a, a scarlet heart uh, imagery that I'd seen in a dream, like in the sand or on a tree. or So there's been this kind of like communication. It's like, okay, hello, here I am. Um, and what it feels like to me is a devotional, a, a devotional bowing to the, the way of the heart. The, the path of the heart, um, the capacity of the heart's knowing to be what guides choice and what guides perspective. And when mind or when nervous system uh, has, a, has a response to a moment that there's a way of, okay, I see this. What if I place it into uh, resonance or into the space of the scarlet heart? What happens? And for me, what happens, why it's become kind of like a North Star for me or a compass point is because I can feel the, the relaxation and the ease in my being that comes from a place of, of let me hold this up with love and see what happens. Like, let me bring this to the, the cave of the heart or the open field of wildflowers of the heart and see what happens. Um, so that question whether I'm making a choice or whether there's something I have to, I have to figure out or determine, I, I check in. Is this the path of the heart? What would the scarlet heart have me do right now? Mm-hmm. How would the scarlet heart's heart speak to this being? Am I, am I, am I in resonance with the scarlet heart? And I can, it's, it's a feeling I have. It's like, yes. Or it's like, no, you know, it, it, and, uh, so there's this immediacy to the answer. And if there's not, then I know that I, I can't quite hear. There's something that's louder for me than, than the scarlet heart. So that's where it's like, okay, I really need to go into practice. I need to move my energy. I need to dance or I need to lay down or I need to go take a walk in the woods because I can't, I can't fully hear my heart because my mind is so loud and that's that's been a really beautiful uh, in the last year i'd say um coming into more trust of the heart and also the the seeing of when i'm in a space that i that is asking me to tend to it before i can i can commune fully with the heart mm-hmm. um so the, is this the path of love? I'd say has been my my guiding principle, and um, the you know we we spoke about teachers earlier, and there's there's also these these figures, these uh, archetypes, these historical figures, these, these beings that represent 
things, possibilities in, in our collective, in our humanity. Uh, I was raised Catholic, so Jesus was uh, in my life a lot. And there's this way that I've come to understand his experience and his humanity and his devotion to the path of love that really resonates with me and has a lot to do with, with like feels very true for this scarlet heart. Like his, his, that sacred heart that has become an emblem of him and the scarlet heart that there's something that they carry that I, uh, I'm still learning about and in conversation with, um, and also Kuan Yin, you know, who, who is such an open arm, radical compassion that also rides a dragon and has this fierce, like integrity to it too. It's like, I'm, I'm holding love in a really good way. And, uh, I'm holding it for myself and I'm holding it for all of us. And I, I, that might, that might mean I have to show up in ways that are uncomfortable sometimes because love isn't always, uh, sweet and easeful. Sometimes it's hard truth. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, I don't know if I answered your question, but that, that feels like the, my guiding, my guiding well, light. Well, it's a pretty good one. Right Thanks now. for sharing it. It is a powerful one. Um, <laughs> and um, it, we live in a bit of a paradoxical world where, like, information age is accelerating and there's much more stuff that we can be paying attention to. And the world seems to be asking us to keep paying attention to all these different things, like 20 things at the same time during the whole day, like pinging us or, like, notifications or, like, you know, it's accelerating at the same time, like what it's actually asking us to do, what the world is like needing right now is actually slowness. It's attuning to yes. the sensations that are not present in our mind, which are present in our gut and our heart. There's really three brains that we have. Um, and I think this, this return yes. to love and Susie Rowe has a beautiful song called return to love that you might enjoy. It speaks about returning back to love. Mm. Um, that return to love could be, you know, one of the main guiding principles the world needs to heed more and more is just going back to the heart. Um, what are examples? And I'm, I'm in the same process too, of like going down from the mind more into the body and more into the heart. And uh, I'm curious, uh, what are examples of ways that uh, your actions have changed after you tuned into the heart? Was there something you were doing that was not in alignment and, how did you work through that when you came back from the ceremony? Yes, it's a, a great, great question. Um, I think one of the big things you said was uh, like slowing down and um, working with the part of me that starts to feel like, what do I need to be doing right now? You know, like I, uh, there, I've seen this, this kind of funny, funny way. Um, and I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's like, that's really sweet. There's this like interesting uh, pressure piece I've talked about and I'm, and I have a lot of fire in my system, but it's like, okay, how do I like, how do I be the most love in the world now? Like, how do I make it happen? How do I, like, what am I creating? What do I, what am I doing? Like, let me, let me go. Let me do it. I want to do it. I'm ready kind of thing. But it creates, it creates a lot of tension when it's, it's not time to do. And when, um, when it's not clear 
And so there's this way that the, the path of love says like, hey, maybe there's nothing to do right now. And can you trust that you'll know right action when right action is needed? And it might look a little bit different than you're used to. It might not be the, the, the productivity that we're, uh, you're used to or that you're, you hold yourself to. And I think that's something interesting that is, is up in, in the collective. It's like, do we want to do this the way we've been doing it? Do we want to approach work and our relationship with, especially in the U, like the U.S. And it might be a, a true for a, a, you know our Western mentality of is is uh, what are we devoting to? You know, do we want to keep doing it, doing it this way? And um, the story, the story I'm I'm in, the story I'm telling. My that's also something I've been checking in with the heart. Like, what is this story? Do I want to keep being writing this one, or is there a new story that wants to be written? Um, when I go into teach or hold a space, I prepare and I prepare. What, I tune into what I'm feeling and I prepare and I get my everything I need in order. And there's been this additional, like, I release to love. Like, if, if my intention is to show up as the highest form of love to this moment that I can, then the grip I have on how it needs to go or what it should be, like, that has softened because it's like it's it's not about me, you know? And, and I, I think some of that, like, let me do this really well is is the part that wants Aaron to succeed. Um, and so just noticing, noticing that aspect has been really helpful. Um, it's given me a lot more freedom and space around like rest. Like it's time to rest. I love being in my body. I love moving. I love dancing. I love climbing things. I, I'm very much in, in Aries through and through. So I very much love like let's be in our bodies all the time. And the maturation of that is like, yes, be in your body all the time. And it's not always fiery. Sometimes there's long periods of time when you need to be soft. Um, and interestingly enough, as a woman, since I brought that in, since I really made rest a ritual, my cycle, my moon cycle is, is much smoother. Um, it's more, it's, it's on a regular dependable, uh, I'm in rhythm. I'm, I'm in a, a rhythmic cycle with nature. My sleep has improved. Um, my, my relationship with, with food has been a journey, I'd say. And, that's also such a beautiful thing. Like the, the I've, I'm also starting to see the way I can be even softer around. Like I know how to take care of myself, so there's no need to to get upset or uh, anxious or put any restrictions on what I'm eating or drinking or or when. It's like if I listen and I ask. How can I nourish? How can I be in love with my body and with the lands that I'm receiving this nourishment from? Then I'm, I'm good. Um, so there's a way that love has given a lot of, this path of the heart gives a lot of freedom. 
and a, a lot of spaciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm one part of the Scarlet Heart. That now I'm I'm in kind of inquiry of like I've seen the way that in in conversations, even in moments of really intense emotional experience in interpersonal conversations or moments um that there can be a pause and a let me check in and the delivery of information comes from a different place with a different vocal tone and i found it to be a bridge rather than a punch or a sword or like the the confrontational aspect the confrontation might not be softened but the the delivery is in a way that allows another person to meet because they're meeting in a space of love. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing that says, I love you and I'm hurt. And I love you and, you know, this is what's alive for me. Um, so it's also helped with communication. And that's very interesting to me. And I want to, uh, there's a way that I, I, I really I desire to bring that into a, a, a form that can then be uh, received by beings and utilized as a tool. So that's where the Scarlet Heart is kind of in this inquiry of, of now, now how do I share this in a way that can be another door? Um, mm, yeah. Beautiful. Um, I was at a breathwork training a few weeks ago and uh, this wonderful man called Rudy um, said that um, honor the spirit of the words before speaking them and I so connected with that for myself and the way he was communicating was like deep space of presence and um, reflection and groundedness um, and for me the way I was communicating um, in, for most of my life was very much in the masculine world of my dad was in the army military very kind of yang energy um very kind of old school patriarchal energy of like um rushing or pressing through or pushing through um and as you were talking i I was really curious to hear uh how your path with the scarlet heart has um change or expanded your own balance or your own exploration of the divine masculine and divine feminine not only within yourself but also your relationships and uh, especially with your 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 mom and your dad like how has the scarlet heart kind of maybe illuminated some spaces that um were left uh, unheard or unseen in, in, the, in the right light um, or ways that you were interfacing with yourself and the world, especially your body and your actions that were maybe skewed towards more of the traditional masculine way that you've now shifted to the feminine way. You mentioned more nourishment, more self-care. Um, what else has changed in the kind of larger picture around Aaron, your relationships and um on top of that, I'd be curious to hear as well, like the societal balance between the feminine and masculine. I've heard a lot in circles recently around the, the rise of the divine feminine and how that yeah. is a change that is not only wanting to happen, but that is that 
we really need to support because obviously the world has gone into this very kind of patriarchal, uh, aggressive, extractive kind of way. And um, there's definitely a need for bringing in that love and bringing in that more feminine touch to, you know, politics and healthcare and like basically almost everything that's skewed too much into the divine, not the divine masculine, but more the toxic masculine archetypal energy. So I'd be curious. It's a large question with many points, but I'd be curious, like on a larger level, what has the heart changed for you in those, in those areas? Mm. Mm. It's, it's such a potent, big, big space that, um, yeah, I mean, on, on Nectar, Devin, who mentioned it uh, earlier, Devin Walker, dear brother, and I will be, um, we'll be exploring this topic for uh, weeks and weeks in, in, a, in an offering we're co-creating. So I'm, um, it, it's with me as I, as I go into that uh, preparation. Personally, the way that this has come through is recognizing uh, this this love this love of the masculine in myself this love of when I need to I can I can show up I can get things done I can I can go from A to B. I can be I can use will willpower I have strong will I I can um, I can my my beautiful beloved uh, says. It calls calls forth the sword of truth, which is a which is a masculine quality of like I will, I will say what needs to be said. I will do what needs to be done, and and I will hold space. Like the this idea of of um, if we look at the yogic tradition, the masculine uh, being the thing that that holds the space and the feminine being the, the thing that creates inside of the space. Like it's the movement and the masculine is the thing that holds, holds it all. Um, and there's, these energies are so dynamic and so complex. Uh, and I don't pretend to be an expert on them, but how I've experienced it in, in myself is, is honoring that piece and also honoring where it's, overpowered and where it's dominated the the other aspect the the other side of it which is like i don't need to know i can take my time there's so many ways to get to b from a to b and it might be going <laughs> going all the way around drawing mandalas in every direction and then actually not even coming to B but coming over to M or, or some other place that I didn't know I would be so there's this dance with the mystery that I, I find is um, it's just so nice to bring in conversation with the part of us that can get things done and do and plan uh, and that that aspect like the the what is my relationship to the mystery, to the unknown, to the um, I don't know? Let me go into rest as a way of creating rather than let me go into doing as a way of creating. That's been a really important uh, space for, for in my own being to, uh, to recognize that it wants to come through and, and also honor the discomfort of that for many of us because it's not that's not 
what many systems we're in or, or places we're in uh, reward. You know, there's not there's not really a lot of space for the I don't know, and I, I'm I'm just gonna rest in, and, and when I know, then it'll be time to act. You know, it's kind of the, doesn't work well with all well, your deadlines next Tuesday, so you better know by then. Um, and I would say it comes through me. It, I work a lot with imagery, and things tend to make sense through images for me. And I see the, the power of the, the sword or the straight line or the arrow that I identify with this young, masculine. And I think we're developing new language as a collective because we want to, we really do want to take out the gendered piece of it. Um, but, but for now, the language we have, the masculine, um, that kind of directness. And for me, what's been so powerful with the Scarlet Heart is is seeing myself as a sphere, seeing myself as, yes, I have that. I have an axis. I have a rod of integrity that is necessary. I have this thing that can hold center. And around that, I have every direction of the wheel. I have dark. I have I have shadow. I have the, oh, no, what's in that corner? I have the... the ephemeral i have the wings and i have the the scales and i, I have of all of it and when i can be in that place of of acceptance of, of spiritality of nothing gets rejected which is to me one of the most beautiful aspects of feminine then more of when more of myself is included then i it's like more of myself shows up to life and life shows up more fully. It's like I get to experience more life by being a sphere rather than only being an arrow. Um, and and th therein to me lies the courage it takes to dance with the feminine, which is like, yeah, we're gonna open the closet and we're gonna see the the shadow that's in there, that the monster that, that we don't really want to look at, we're going to welcome because if we do that, we're going to find out so much. There's so much, there's so much to learn from that. And then because of that, there's so much more life we get to experience. Mm -hmm. And we actually get to get closer to truth by being spheres because there's nothing that gets uh, banished. Um, so that's what's currently alive with me about that. It's beautiful. Loving the darkness, because the darkness holds the light. That's a big piece of, um, yeah. you know, my journey as well was just accepting the darkness and loving it, really. And that expands it to all your relationships and all your stories and um, people you meet and um Understanding that the darkness is really the light is, is a huge and embracing it, uh, turning towards everything rather than trying to escape from it or trying to not look at it is a, is a powerful way of interfacing with all the things of life. And I, I love the idea of a sphere. Like I, I was feeling compelled to like draw it and like visualize it. And like there's so much depth into like what that yeah. sphere can be. And like I love the idea of the middle part like being so strong. Mm. And, um, it's a beautiful beautiful way of, of approaching your journey um, and we've talked a little mm -hmm. bit earlier around um, being a facilitator and I'm curious around your journey around 
walking your own journey and also holding space for people and being a facilitator of spaces and and being in that uh, how Kevin has been for you like a human sitting with other humans like walk dancing yeah. the journey together and exploring these things together um, what does it mean for you um, to be in sacred service to that space that you're holding what does it mean for you to to walk that path with others and, and also holding space for them i have a lot of curiosity around that yeah well it it is it is my um it's probably the most important thing to me these these spaces of of communing with with the sacred with the spirit um of supporting beings in in meeting themselves meaning what they contain us meeting us like the the me becoming a we and kind of like the image i get is us like holding hands and stepping into the water and being like all right it's gonna get deep we ready and i'm like oh, i don't know yeah we're, we can do this just you know you've got hands you've got you've got people with you um so i I hold these spaces very near and dear and that reverence and respect uh, has, I think, really served in allowing, in allowing me to, to come into those spaces uh, with, with, a, with a prayer, like, may I be of, of highest good here, may, may whatever needs to come through me, like, make me a vessel, and there's this, um, there's this song I remember from, from church that I, I love, uh, St. Francis, make me a channel of your peace. Like I'm, I'm here and I, I'm, I'm willing. Um, and I bow to what I don't know. And I also honor the study and preparation that has, that allows me to be in this moment. Um, so I, I really, I do see those spaces as uh, love, love in, in action, love in service. Um, whatever love will have me do is where we go. It's really important to me that, that there are spaces for all of us where we, we can bring our humanity, we can bring what feels ugly, we can feel, bring what feels gross, we can bring what feels shameful, especially shameful, guilt, our anger, that, that along with all the things that we like to bring, you know, our creativity, our joy, our, our, our vision, our dreams, um, that all of it, that there's, that all of it is welcome, and that there's a there's a safety and there's a trust that that we create together, where it's like, oh, okay, I get to I get to be here, and I get to receive the grace of the effort of being here. And uh, in, in going on this journey, whether it's a the technique is meditation, or it's breath work, or it's yoga asana, or it's dance, or it's psychedelics, or it's a combination, um, whatever the whatever the door we're going through, and all the doors we're going to go through, that there be first and foremost, there's there's safety, there's a knowing that we're all that you're taken care of like I've got you we've got you um that the space is held and protected by by love um and that is that's what that's where all the decisions will be made from and um I've gotten I've gotten a lot 
clear over over the years of when I'm choosing to say or do something from a place that might be a little bit more ego or something I, I that sounds good, something I think I need to do, um, things, something I think I need to wear <laughs> to the space, you know, rather than um, this is authentic. This is an authentic, this is my version of authentic love and this is how it's coming through. Um, so yeah, these spaces, it's, it's going to be more and more important. I just, I feel this so deeply. It's going to be more and more important as the world keeps changing that we, we gather together and we circle that we have counsel like our, uh, you know, indigenous teachers, communities and cultures show us the power of we're all in circle together now where do we want to go um and so i i feel i feel really blessed and, and privileged and delighted that it's very clear this is what i get to spend my life doing and i'm um that's probably the thing i know for sure is that uh, um i get to do this as long as i'm in a body um, as aaron so that's well, that that's is exciting, exciting. Yeah, I keep, keep learning. learning. What you mean we're never <laughs> finished, Aaron? Learning. Are you saying are you spoiling the whole thing? Like we never finish, we never yeah. we got yeah. everything figured out. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I would like right. to say like you come right. for the medicine, you stay for the community, uh, because that's that's also my favorite part yeah. of, of ceremony mm-hmm. is just like being in that circle. Um, and I'm curious as a as a facilitator. Yeah. Uh, and having had this new experience with the Scarlet Heart, like what what is one way you can you'll bring that Scarlet Heart into your next um, ceremony space? Yeah, well, something really practical. Um, I've realized that uh, making sound together, um, humming specifically for a, a period of time. I, I love oming. I love chanting. There's this way of experience uh, and something I've been playing around with of making a sound, focusing on the heart and making sound is this uh, beautiful way of coming into coherence with with other beings. So that's a very um, practical way. I I also like naming, naming that the this space of the heart that I'm speaking to, the scarlet heart, which is I believe uh, truly uh, like alive and available in in every being. Um, it's it's a way of turning our 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 radio knobs to its station so we can receive it, so we can hear it. Like it's there, it's running in the background, ninety seven point five. But we've got to turn towards it, and I, that remembrance, communicating that remembrance, and and um, bringing us into that remembrance feels really important to me. Uh, and that through naming it, also through practice of bringing awareness to to the heart, gratitude is another way of, of doing it, meta practice, visual, uh, bringing us into the resonance of, of love for that we have for other beings, for life, uh, for the lands. Tonglen, another, another Buddhist practice, that is, is really supportive in, in tuning our knobs towards the station. So emphasizing the practices that bring us into, into that is, uh, 
yeah, at the top of my priority. Beautiful. Priorities. Um, one of the most powerful practices I've developed for myself or been inspired by others to do is just waking up in the morning with a gratitude prayer um, and connecting with my heart before I go out into the world. Like that's such a powerful uh, and simple uh, practice that um, has really transformed my life because before I interface with the world, I share my gratitude to you know my friends my family my community uh, my guides my teachers you know pachamama you know really thanking the planet this is such a the very deep, powerful practice of just saying thank you for life thank you for existence um and thanking my yes. higher self as well for like being here and like having walked the, the journey you know and um and then when I'm sure I've connected with that gratitude and heart, then I can go out in the world and really show up uh, for myself and for others. And I love that. Um, and in ceremony space, I, mm. I found that the safety and the trust of the container, like brings down the barriers for everyone. And then we can just be ourselves. And mm. it's funny because I've, taking pictures with uh with groups before like the first day we arrive it's like kind of like tight and like a little bit like not sure and then like three days later it's like we're all like yeah. hugging and it's like the whole space is completely changed it oh, feels like a childhood so memory of like how we used to be you know it's like a, a piece of our remembrance is like such a key piece of our journeys it's just remembering who we truly are it truly are um love beings we would truly our love beings um and once we feel that in a space um even just once it's you can't go back it's like you felt that and i feel like that might be part of the chasing of the healing is like we keep wanting to go back to those spaces and uh as i've walked my journey more and more is this idea of like being a portable ceremony you can walk yourself anywhere with that like yes. Duncan was saying, the lodge is with you all the time. So I've been working on having that ceremony space within myself mm. all the time as much as I can. Coming back to that and the more I do that, the less, mm. I, you know, I'd love ceremony, but I also feel like every day is a ceremony. Um, and that really changed my life to be able to connect with that. And to do that, I really had to excavate a lot of kind of the resistance and, and there's still more, and you know, in, in terms of like making space for that love to be fully present um so that yeah that's a bit about my journey with accepting love and and yeah having a ceremony as part of my everyday mm. life um i'd like to talk a bit more about kind of the psychedelic space in general as, as uh, you were talking about being a facilitator and holding space for people um what's your personal vision for uh the psychedelic space and it's one of many doors and Oftentimes that door opens up hundreds of other doors. It's kind of a gateway, an activator, uh, um, an inspiration piece that can lead people into many, many different roads. But what's your vision for that space in general? There is a lot going on right now in this space in terms of policies, in terms of you know corporate kind of actions, like different organizations being built, different people having voices in the space that um, are emerging. Uh, the space is growing, uh, you know, the social resistance to the medicine is also changing. And then underneath that is kind of the cultural, philosophical um, perspectives that we all hold relative to psychedelics that are kind of coming up to the surface and really kind of illuminating certain parts of like our, our collective psyche around psychedelics. 
Um, and that's going to be a big part of like how things are going to evolve is that underbelly of like how we really believe and see psychedelics as a society and how we're going to interface with that is really much how we um, interface with ourselves in the world. And um, I'm curious to hear like the, the, your vision for that space, like how do you imagine it emerging into the world and what would you like to see? Mm. Yeah, this is, um, it's such an important, I, I love how you, you phrase the question. What do you, when, what's your, what's your vision? What's your dream? Because more and more I'm, I'm realizing that this is, this is the way we, 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 we dream the, the next reality is we, we speak it and, and we, we hold it as possibility. Um, and, and I, I really am excited to, to do that in community. And, and as a friend calls it like dream in unison, like what do we want this really important space to be? And for me, I really want to see a reality where psychedelics are revered as the, the medicine that they are, that they are approached with the, the reverence and the humility and the temperance, the prudence, the, the listening that, that really serves both the plants and, and the beings interacting with them. It's also really important that as we talk about psychedelics, we're also able to talk about where they come from who who stewarded the lands they come from how what are their practices and how are we serving those that really paved the way for these to be made accessible at a time when yeah many of us are really benefiting from them so there's a, a reciprocity and a respect that i i really feel committed to being a part of and I would love to see these plant allies also being a way in which we bring cultures that have been kind of pushed aside and conquered and it, that haven't been brought into the circle in the same way that, that, we, that we now are like, okay, it's time that we learn from you. You know, a crazy horse had that had the prophecy of like there will be a time when the white skins come to the red skins, asking for our ways, and at that time it'll be important that the red skins make it available for all, for the for all brothers and sisters for the planet that we're we're together in this, and so there's a way that I feel the plants are like reminding us of the mycelial network of our humanity that we're all connected and if we can if we can come together and i can sit in ceremony next to a, a brother that i thought was my enemy and by the end we're like oh my gosh i i, I don't need to know anything about you to know i love you like that's also that's a power of these plants so it's not only Yes, I pray for the time when it's decriminalized and, and there's social structures set into place where they can be accessed in a good way and a way that's not um, 
debilitating lands and cultures, but that is giving back and, and creating restoration and, and reciprocal, uh, reciprocal processes. And I also pray that these medicines are, are utilized in a good way to connect, to connect all of us and to have us be a space that we dream in unison, that we come together, not only for our personal healing, but for, uh, okay, now that we're in this space, what do we want to dream? And can we all hold it? And can we all decide how we show up for this? So may, may these plants and our, our, our way of interacting with them and, and, communing with them, may it also create a, a space for us to mm. to dream in unison. That's beautiful. To create together. Um, that's that's my, my, my vision, my prayer, and I think what needs to happen from that, uh, there's this way that the thing becomes popular and we all want it because there's, wait, we know we need, we know there's a lot of healing, so that dance of like, let's make this accessible, but let's also take ownership over, am I, am I going back to dip my cup in the, in this in the pot when I'm already have so much in my belly to digest and integrate? Like maybe this isn't my time to drink this. Maybe let me, let me let other beings have access to it and all support in another way. So there's a, there's a, I think there's a collective Western maturing around mm. our use of these medicines, as I know Nectara is really passionate mm -hmm. about as well, um, where, where we don't end up in the situation of we've, we've over, we've overused and abused and, and taxed these allies in a way that makes them unavailable mm -hmm. um, and makes causes causes more harm to the lands and the, the cultures they come from than any of us intend. Yes, intention is everything in the way um, in the way we. Um, connect with the plants and connect with the medicines and connect with the communities from which they come from. And I always feel like such a deep, deep sense of privilege to be able to experience these medicines, um, especially when it comes to Wachuma, for example, where the yeah. people thousands of years ago were persecuted for their use and how they protected the lineage and the culture and the teachings. And then whenever I, I drink, that's the first thing I connect with is just thank you. Thank you so much. There's so much history and so much reverence that yes. comes into the space um, that I, I, it's, it's a huge, huge privilege. Um, and the way we, uh, interface with them is is a really key piece of what you're talking about in terms of like growing the space in a good way is just really starting with like deep intentionality and 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 connection with uh with the values that you know um of love really and respect and and sacredness um and you touched a little bit on on the topic of integration um it's often something that in many spaces is kind of like secondary um, a lot of people are kind of after the peak experience. 
Um, I'm curious what your relationship has been around integration over the years. Um, when you entered the spaces in, in, in the beginning, like was that part of the, the language being used? And um, what has changed since then, like as you're integrating your latest ceremony? Uh, I'd love to learn more about your own personal integration um, process. And also, um, what are things that people often forget with their integration, and it's always different for everyone, but in general, what are kind of maybe pointers you can share with people around integration? Uh, love to hear that. Yeah. One thing that I, I agree with you, that there's not a lot of conversation about it for a couple of reasons that I think for a lot of places that are holding these spaces, it, it, that is the primary piece and that takes a lot of energy and resources and time. So I'm really grateful for the existence of Nectara and, and uh, places and spaces that, that are like, great, come, come with us to support this really imperative, probably the most important part of what you're, what you're doing uh, is, to, is to create the bridge into your reality, your lived reality. That was never really yeah, was was not emphasized. Um, one of my teachers, a man named Dennis, who connected me to the Yawanawa lineage in Brazil, they have a saying, close your lips and open your heart. And I think when it comes to integration, this is beautiful because there can be a desire to, okay, I've had this experience. Now, how do I form it into ideas, words, how do I, how do I give it to the world? How do I share it with, with loved ones? How do I talk about it? And there's something that I feel is really important part of working with these medicines, which is reminding our, ourselves that they're plants and the way that plants work is on their own time. You can't rush a plant to grow. And when we take in these medicines, we're, we're basically saying like, okay, now you're a part of me. You know, when I dieted with Bob and Sana, the, the image was there's a seed in your heart and she's going to grow and she's going to continue to grow. Water her well with kind words and kind thoughts and, and right action. Um, being in integrity with ourselves is, is a great way to integrate um, asking ourselves questions. We're, okay, checking in. What am I listening to right now? It, it, is, is, is the choice I'm making, is that, is that in alignment with what, with what has come through? So it's kind of, and I, you might have been, the, you might have said this to me, Pascal, when we first talked about how integration is a moment by moment, day by day thing, how we're, we will integrate there's nothing we have to quote do in order to like, okay, now I'm integrating. We do uh, the important pieces to allow the space for it to happen. So to not give away the experience by speaking about it to, to everyone um, by, okay, now I'm going to change my life in this way. Now I'm going to make these drastic, these drastic life decisions because of what I saw. I, th I, I think there's a there's a, a wisdom that's being asked of like okay, 
let this information trust that it's permeating your cells trust that it's moving through you trust that it's going to inform that you're going to you're going to have if you're listening you're going to have different cues from your body or different feeling oh actually that doesn't feel i'm going to listen that doesn't feel right i'm going to listen to that um so this heightened way of listening feels really important um things like personal practices writing is is super powerful giving giving yourself another way to process that's just for you communication with you i also find it really helpful to dance that's my personal practice of like if i can pull forth this the what i received in ceremony the bits that are are with me and then i can move my body from there i can have a i can have a rhythmic dialogue with what what i saw with what came through and it doesn't have to lead to anything it's just another way of making space for it to land and inform who i'm becoming what what's what's emerging how life wants to move through um embodied practice something super practical that i finally learned is like when you're in ceremony space going directly into okay i was on ceremony that ended sunday and i have a 9am meeting not the thing to do like really give ourselves some time of non-doing after the ceremony because also psychedelics part of their thing is mm-hmm. there a lot on the body there there a lot on the body that there a lot on we have to we take them into our blood we take them they process through our liver through our kidneys with with grandmother and with other plants you're up most of the night tends to be when we when we work with them and so there's this there's this taxing on our systems that is also important to to allow a lot of soft space on the other side of to come into balance and to come into oh, okay i'm 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 offering fortification to my being after that experience um working with dreams is also really really helpful because the the dream space is liminal space uh and so setting the intention may i may i be available to receive the wisdom from my dreams may i remember my dreams so that when when i wake you know in the morning writing down as much as you remember right right away over time i found that after day even days of doing that you can recall more and then writing them down and the way i work with them there are there are people who study archetype and who study images and who study symbols i really identify with with Carl Jung's perspective which is what you see in your dream is going to be completely unique to you and your psyche so the way you work with it is to be in relationship with the dream be in dialogue with it what do you, what do you have to show me what could this be how does this dream feel is there any message that i receive from this and maybe i don't know and i just recognize the dream and it might show up again in some capacity um so working with dreams can be a really nice way of continuing that kind of communication with with that the the plants offered us and the liminal space um spaciousness time 
trusting that things reveal at the time that they need to reveal. Uh, I'm still processing. Things are still popping up for me. Awarenesses are popping up for me from ceremonies I've done years ago. Uh, I did a dieta a year ago. It was when I sat with the master plant, Bobansana, along with you know, Grandmother Ayahuasca. And I'm pretty sure I'll be integrating that experience for years to come um, because of the potency and the, the way that these plants don't work with linear mm. time. They work with big time. Uh, so taking also taking the pressure the last last piece of integration i want to name is i felt and people have come to me with people i've worked in these spaces there's just a little bit of a of a giggle we have because i'm like i'm so i'm so happy that i get to support you in integrating and i also want to take all the pressure off of an expectation off of you integrating in a well like that you do the right things in order to achieve the, the integration that is the best, you know? So there's, there's some of that, that I think we have to call out, like, okay, there's, there's a little bit of trust here, spaciousness and trust and ease. And we'll see. Yeah. We'll see That's a very scarlet hard way of describing integration. I love it. It's more slow over fast, like nourishing over like this combubulating, yeah. um, you know, uh, taking time rather than jumping in like, micro integration like microdosing integration rather than like oh i i have this big piece coming up i need to have yes. it solved by the end of next week um because psychedelics disintegrate in a way and then you need to reintegrate yes. after um another piece i'd like to add to the beautiful tips is the idea yes. of um instead of i got this it's we got this so calling in support before and after the ceremony like who's available to support me yes. uh, it could be an integration guide it could be a body worker it could be a sound uh, journey person it could be uh, your best friend it could be even your dog you know like creating mm -hmm. sacred mm -hmm. time around before and after to connect with those yes. resources and not having to walk the path alone um it's a big thing of around what we're doing in the car is like connecting people together because it's so much more deeper and more um, resourcing to have people walking the journey with you. Um, but thank you for sharing those, those beautiful advice. Um, and now I have a couple of rapid fire type questions, uh, things that mm -hmm. I'm curious about. Maybe people will be curious around as well. Are you ready? Ready, Teddy? So what's, what's one thing you'd ready. like to tell your 20 year old self? Yes. And it could just be like the first thing that comes to mind. Just be intuitive mm. about it. Don't try. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't try so hard. How relieving you is that to hear? You don't have to try so hard. <laughs> this is great. Now, what's your favorite book? Great. <laughs> and who's the author again? The Wise Heart. Jack Cornfield. Great. I'll look that up. Jack Cornfield. What's your favorite um, musical artist? I know it's hard. That's It's unfair to ask that. <laughs> Maybe one of the many that you love the most. Goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now, um, 
Okay, there's this artist that I found recently, Katerina Barbieri, that I've been listening to quite a bit. Uh, she does like really beautiful ambient type music. Uh, what's yeah really exciting for you in the next few years? The way Scarlet Heart is going to make its way beautiful. into the world, in the spaces it's going to uh, open. What's one per psychedelic space that you'd love to meet? Ooh. Um, my first thought was Ramdas, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe in a journey. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd love to meet Stan Groff, who uh, yeah, is a was a book created holotropic breathwork from once uh, psychedelics became outlawed back in the 60s. Uh, so he's, uh, I'm trying to make that happen. he's a pioneer for sure. And finally, uh, yeah, I would love is that. there one message you'd like to share to the person listening or watching this right now? Hmm. Hmm. Being a human is a complex, beautiful, challenging experience. And it's a gift to be in a body, a human body, and your body contains everything you need and more. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. That's it. Thank you for your time and your energy and your your beautiful scarlet heart. Thank you. Thank you, Pascal. I love talking to you. Thank you for creating for co-creating Nectara. Such an important space for Thank all of us. Thank you all co-creating it together. Well, thanks for being a part of it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll be back for more episodes um, in the near future. So stay tuned. And thank you for walking the journey with us. Thank you so much. Take care. <laughs>